Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. And grateful this evening, Spirit of God, we avail our hearts for your teaching and for your direction. We pray, Lord, that you lead us in the sharing of your word. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to even come in your presence to hear you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands for Jesus <laughs> properly. Clap properly. And you may be seated. Wonderful. Well, tonight I, um, I want us to, um, by the grace of God, conclude the message that we've been sharing for um, a while now. We've been talking about the call. The call. How many of you have been here since we started sharing this message? The call. And how many of you have included yourself? In the call of God, you realize that there is no way that you should exclude yourself. In fact, even if you want a reason to exclude yourself, there is none. We are all called. We are all called. Whatever reason you have to make you feel like you are not the type that God will call, God has shown us in the scriptures that you are the kind that He's searching for. The search of God stops at your discovery. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So, we've been sharing so many things on this particular um, topic. And last, um, the last several weeks, we've been sharing about the characteristics of the people that God calls. The characteristics, their nature, the kinds of people that God calls. And let's run through them so far, what we have learned. Number one, what do we say? Failures. God calls failures. God calls failures. Number two, God calls the unworthy, unworthy people. God calls the unworthy people. Number three, God calls the rejects, people who have been rejected in any form or shape. They are the kind that God calls, the rejects. God calls people who have been rejected. Number four, God calls people who are not believable. God calls people who are not believable. Number five, God calls people with inferiority complex. People with inferiority complex. Number six, God calls people who have failed at earlier attempts in ministry. People who have made any form of attempt in ministry and have failed. God is interested in people like that. Next. God calls people who are not eloquent. 
who are not eloquent. Amen. Amen. If you are not eloquent, God is interested in you. Amen. God calls people who are not eloquent. Next. God calls young people. God calls young people. God wants to direct your energy into his core. Amen. Young people who are misusing their energy. God is interested in your energy. Hallelujah. Amen. The next one. People who are fearful. God calls people who are fearful. Next. People who are in difficult circumstances. People who are in difficult circumstances. Do you remember all of these? Yes. We have said a lot about all these. People who are in difficult circumstances. Next. People who do not have miracle power. God is interested in such people. Wow. People who do not have miracle power. God is interested in you. Amen. You even, you need miracle yourself. You need healing. You need deliverance. God is calling you to use you to minister to people. To minister miracles into other people's lives. And you, when you assess yourself, you don't even have any miracle power. Amen. Next. God calls people who feel they have been forsaken. God calls people who have been forsaken who, or who feel they have been forsaken. Amen. Next one. Wow. People who think they have nothing to offer. Is there anyone like that? You think you have nothing to offer. God is interested in you. People who think they have nothing to offer. Next. Is that the last one? God calls people who think they have nothing to offer. Wow. <laughs> you are the last one. <laughs> you have nothing to offer. We stop at you. <laughs> what is the use of you? Nothing to offer. You are the type that God is interested in. When you have nothing to offer. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, let me just... Um, the next one, God uses people with poor family background. People with poor family background. People who are embarrassed to show their family. Poor family background. Amen. Amen. Judges chapter 6 and verse 15. He says, and he said unto him, Oh, my Lord, this is Gideon. We've been using Judges chapter 6 to share a lot of these weaknesses and a lot of these people that don't feel that God has chosen them. He says, and he said unto him, Oh, my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Hallelujah. God calls people who have poor family background, people with poor family background. You see, one thing that poverty does is it brings humility. Do you understand? When, when you experience poverty, it brings humility. Rarely do you find poor people who are proud. You see, <laughs> there are people, there are, once in a while you find people, they are poor, 
but very proud. I heard as an Indian doctor, he says, I'm very, very poor, but very, very proud. <laughs> he says, you cannot disrespect me. You know, once in a while you find people like that, poor but proud. But when you have such a poor background, when you, you look at your background and you feel that you come from such poor background, it brings some form of humility in you. And you become attractive to God. Do you understand? It, it makes you attractive to God. So you may have a poor background. In the eyes of God, it is a very great characteristic. Hallelujah. There are some people, they are embarrassed even for people to know where they come from or who are their parents. I remember when we were in school, when we were in secondary school, there were people who didn't, never wanted their parents to visit them. You see, when school reopens, they want to be the first ones to arrive. No one will know how they arrive. You see, and they don't want anyone to visit them. Sometimes you're walking with them, you are having conversation with them, and then they see a car that drives by, and then they hide. And then when you ask them, why are you hiding? You say, oh, that is our driver. That is just passing by, and I don't want him to see me. <laughs> they see a nice car that passed by, and they hide. You see, you are embarrassed about your background. Gideon felt that he, ha- he came from such a poor background, poor family background. But to our surprise, he was the person that God was interested in. Amen. Wonderful. Today, I want us to um, look at this particular last one, last characteristic. It says, God calls people who may be the least in their family. God calls people who may be least in their family. Now, before we do that, let us look at our scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26 quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26. It says, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. For God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has intentionally, God has intentionally chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world, base things of the world, and things which are despised, things which are despised by men hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to not things that are. Verse 29 says that no flesh should glory in his presence. This is the reason why God intentionally chooses people who are not mighty, people who are not noble, people who are not honorable. These are the kind that people, uh, God chooses. People with poor family background, people who are the least amongst men. These are the type that God is interested in. So Judges chapter 6 and verse 15 again, 
He says, And he said unto him, Oh, my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. I am the least in my father's house. Now, this is Gideon identifying himself as the least in his father's house. And you see, you, are, you, you appear least to people based on how people treat you. Do you understand? You look at how they talk to you. You look at how they, the, the things that they address with you. When there's a, an important issue, you are not the type that they will call to discuss things with. You see? So when there's things like go and fetch water or, you know, a guest is coming, come and arrange the place or come and, you know, you know, things that you, you realize that there are others, they don't call them to do such things. But whenever there is a thing like that, you are the one that they are calling. And you feel that amongst these people, I am the least in the house. And so he identifies himself. He says, behold, my family is poor in Manasseh. I mean, there were rich families in Manasseh. And relative to what others have, my family is poor. Now, this is what a situation where the, the, even the whole of the tribe were in poor situation. So if amongst all of their hardship, he identified his family as the poorest in Manasseh, then things were really bad. And then, aside from that, he says, and I am also the least in the family. When you come to a poor family, I am the least. Wow. What a place to be. Amen. Because the yeah and base things had God chosen. Base things had God chosen. Hallelujah. God calls people who are considered the least among others. The least among others. God is interested in people who are the least among others. Hallelujah. Those are the people that men will not choose. Men will not choose you. If it is to something that is honorable, something that is important, men will not choose a person like that. The least in your family. You are the least in your family. They will not choose you. Among your brothers and sisters, you are the least. You are the least among your siblings. Among your father's children, you are the least. You know, there are some fathers, they have lots of children. You know, lots of children. Children here, children there, children here, children there. And so many of them, but amongst them, you are the least. <laughs> you are the least. Important things, you are not counted when it comes to important things. Even amongst your father's children. Amen. Among your friends, you are the least. You look at what your friends have done, what they are doing, the places they are, you are the least. Amen. God is interested in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, to illustrate our scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and 26 to 29, I want to use the call of God upon a particular person, a particular man in the Bible who was considered the least at every level in his calling. How many of you want to know? You are interested in knowing. He was considered the least at every level of his calling. 
to fulfill the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26 to 29. 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. We have a lot of scriptures to read, so for the sake of time, let us read the New Living Translation. In 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 1. Are you all with me? First Samuel 16 and verse 1. It says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. Look at that. God said, I have selected one of, his man, one of his sons. I have selected one of his sons to be my king. Go and find a man who is called Jesse, who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. This is God's selection. This is what God is choosing. He says, I have selected one of his sons. I have selected. Verse 6. Verse 6. When they arrived, now Samuel, Samuel had responded to this message, and so Samuel had gone. Let's look at verse 4. Verse 4. He says, So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong? They asked. Do you come in peace? You see, you people, you are not afraid when a pastor comes around. <laughs> but those days, when a pastor comes around, either something is wrong or some powerful thing is. He says, do you come in peace? Yes, Samuel replied. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite. For Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. Do you hear? He says, he, he says, then someone performed the purification right for Jesse and his sons and he invited them to the sacrifice. It was amongst these ones that God has selected one. So he invited them to the sacrifice. Verse 6. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab. I'm talking about, he says, For ye see your calling, how that not many wise men after the flesh, after the looks of men, after man's assessment. So he says, when they arrived, Samuel took one look, one look at Eliab and thought, Surely, this is the Lord's anointed. It's like no doubt. Just looking at Eliab, how he walked in with his majesty and his, his six packs and the muscles and his fair. And he looked at him. He says, all he did was just take a look at him. Just one look. One look. And he says, surely, no doubt. Surely, this is the Lord's anointed. 
I am talking about what God has selected and what man chooses. Man's assessment of who is fit for what God is going to use. So he says, surely, this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height. Are you listening to me? So the guy was maybe 6'3 or 6'4 with a lot of muscles, you know, and so when someone took one look at him, he's fit for a king. This is the king. But then the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height for I have rejected him. Don't judge by his appearance. Don't look at the outward. Don't judge by his appearance. For I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. Wow. 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 Tell your neighbor, the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, the way you see me is completely different from the way the Lord sees me. Say, the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. Wow. He says, for, he said, the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People, men, people judge by outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. People judge by their outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the inside. The Lord does not look at the outward appearance. The Lord does not judge by the outward appearance. This is what men see. Men see or hear someone who speaks with certain words, with eloquence. Someone who sounds highly educated. Someone who walks in and looks noble. He looks noble. Do you understand? But he says, but the Lord looks at the heart. Verse 8. Then Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. You see, Samuel invited Jesse and his sons. So, Jesse wanted the best choice. Do you understand? And so he will present the best of his sons who according to man's assessment, according to man's judgment, it will be this one. Do you understand? According to man's criteria. So when the first one, Eliab, passed by, the next best, if it is not Eliab, then it ought to be Abinadab. Do you understand? So, Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward. Not this one, not Shama, not this one, not that one, Abinadab. He told Abinadab, you, come, Abinadab. Do you understand? So, he also came and he did his star walk. 
But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. <laughs> this is not the one the Lord has chosen. Verse 9. Next, Jesse summoned Shemir. If it is not Eliab and it's not Abinadab, then it must be Shemir. Because Shemir has the looks also. You know, Shemir speaks well. You know, he's walking. So Jesse summoned Samir. But Samuel said, neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven sons of Jesse were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. You see, when Samuel came, he told Jesse to bring his sons. So he brought the ones that are potential. The ones that by his assessment are fit to be king. And they went one by one. The magnificent seven. And it was none of them. The next verse. Then someone asked, are these all the sons you have? Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied. I'm telling you, God chooses. God calls the least amongst the family. He says, there is still the youngest, Jesse replied. But um, he is out there in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. You say you came for a king. You know, these are them. But um, there is um, the youngest. He's in the field. Hallelujah. Send for him at once. Someone said, we will not sit down to eat until he arrives. You know, the Lord will not rest. If the Lord has called you, he will not rest until your call has been fulfilled. He will not rest. He said, we will not sit down to eat until he has arrived. And when the, when, the, when the Lord's message is on your heart, when the Lord has a message for you and the Lord has an assignment for you, food is not an important thing to you. Do you understand? Some of you may say, maybe let's eat first and then our minds will be clear so we can see properly who to choose. You know, sometimes food is too important to some people. But when it comes to the work of, he said, we will not sit down. We will not eat. We will not sit down to eat until we have made that choice. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one. Anoint him. This is the one. Anoint him. He said, this is the one. Anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of oil, olive oil, which he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Amen. Amen. See, the call of God upon your life 
the fact that God has called you does not exempt you from discrimination. The fact that God has called you and God has selected you does not make you an exempt from difficulties. The fact that God has selected you and God has chosen you does not exempt you from men trivializing your call and treating you disrespectfully and not counting you even though God has called you. Hallelujah. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? The fact that God has called you does not exclude you from hardships. It does not exclude you from counting the least. The fact that God has called you. Amen. When you look at your situation or when you look at your condition, it doesn't even look like God has called you. But you must always look beyond. You must always look beyond your circumstances. You must always look beyond the people that are around you. You must always look beyond to realize and to understand that God has indeed called you. Hallelujah. You must look beyond your condition. When you look at the difficulties, the circumstances, the poor family background, how that you are the least among your family, you may not even detect the call of God upon your life. You will not see the call of God upon your life. When you look at how difficult life is for you and how challenging things are, and when you look at how people treat you, you will not consider yourself that God has called you. But the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 24, it says, faithful is he, faithful is he who has called you, who will also do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The one who has called you, the one who has selected you, the one who has chosen you, Amen. the Bible says he's faithful. Amen. Faithful is he who collects. Who also will do it. Amen. 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 When you look at your circumstances, you will not think that God has called you. So your calling and the fact that God is going to use you does not depend on your family background. It does not depend on your wealth. It does not depend on your education. It does not depend on how well you speak. It does not depend on your background at all. It is those things that men use. These are the things that men use to either choose you or to despise you. Men look at what you, are, what you have achieved. Men look at your background. They look at your family background. They look at how you speak. They look at how you look. And they will either choose you or they will despise you. Hallelujah. Now, why do men do that? Because what men see is what is in the world. What men see is what is in the world. Hallelujah. But they don't see what is in you. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? What men see is what is in the world. What is in the world is the language you speak. What is in the world is the accent you have. What is in the world is the color you have, the education you have. 
What is in the world is the structure that you have. Is the background that you have. That is what men see. Amen. Amen. That is what men see. But 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, it says, Ye are of God, little children. Ye are of God, little children. And have overcome them. You have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that is in you. Greater one is in you. He said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. What is in you is greater than what the world sees. What the world sees is your education. What the world sees is your family background. But there is something that is in you that the world cannot see. There is something inside you. And this is what men cannot see for which reason they don't choose you. So he says, he says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world. They are of the world. Wherefore, he said, therefore speak they of the world. They speak of the world. They speak of education. They speak of your accent. They speak of your stature. They speak of your family background. They speak of your position in society. Because they are of the world. And the world heareth these things. The world heareth them. We are of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It says we are of God. Amen. And he that knoweth God heareth us. When you know God, when the spirit of God is in you, you hear that this is what God wants. This is what God has chosen. When the spirit of God is in you, you see who God has chosen. Amen. You know who God has chosen. But they are of the world. And so they use the world to assess. They use the world systems to choose. They use the world system to select. God said, I have selected one of his sons. Hallelujah. I have selected one of his sons. So the Bible says, greater is he that is in you, which men cannot see. What is in you, men cannot see. What is inside you, men cannot see. So don't let men choose you by the outward appearance. Do not let men select you by the outward. What do I mean by that? It means that don't appease men on the outward so they will choose you. Don't let men choose you. Young lady, do not let men choose you by lipstick. That you put on lipstick so they will choose you. Do not let men choose you because you have to wear some short sketch that men will choose you. Men will look at the outward. Do not let men choose you because you have exposed your breast. Don't let men choose you by the outward. Hallelujah. Don't let men choose you. Don't let a woman choose you because you have muscles. That you, 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 you have six packs. Don't let men, don't let a woman choose you because you have a good education, you have a degree, and you have a good job. Amen. Amen. Look, their inability, are you listening to me? Men's inability to see what is in you is as a result of their own limitation. Men's inability to see who you really are 
it's not your fault. You don't have to show your breast so they will choose you. You don't have to wear some short skirt. You don't have to, you don't have to augment your breast. You don't have to wear certain clothes so that they will choose you. Their inability to see what is in you, their inability to know that there is something great in you is their own limitation because they do not have God in them. And it says that because they are of the world. That is their own limitation. That is their inability. That is their limitation. Their inability to receive you as a man of God. Their inability to choose you and to honor you as a man of God is due to their own limitation of not having God in them. And so they cannot see beyond what the eyes can see. They cannot, they cannot go beyond what the eye can assess. They are limited. They are limited. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? They are limited. Hallelujah. Amen. They don't have the eyes to see as God sees. They don't have the eyes. And that is their own limitation. Not yours. Not yours. So don't let people choose you by the outward appearance. Don't conform to the world. The Bible says that you are in the world, but you are not of the world. Do not conform to the world. Do not conform to the world. Don't let them choose you by wealth assessment. He said, for you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men according to the flesh, not many wise people, not many noble. Don't look noble in the eyes of men. Look noble in the inside. I said, there's a greater one that is in you. Men cannot see, but what is in you is greater. It is your inability to see what is in you. To see that this is a great woman walking around. This is a great man walking around. It is their own limitation. They cannot see like God sees. Else they would have chosen you. Else they would have chosen you. David was considered the least by everyone in his life. Who was to help him fulfill the call of God upon his life. He was considered the least by everyone. And I want us quickly to look at them one by one. Quickly. His own father. David's own father. When Samuel came, Jesse brought out the best of his sons. He says he invited his sons to perform the sacrifice with them. But Jesse brought out the best of his sons. You know, when you have a choice, when you have one chance to be selected, you put out your best. Do you understand? When you are going for an interview, you take out your best of suits, your best tie, your, your, the whitest of your white shirts, you know, the blackest of your black shoes. You choose your best, one touch. That one look, they take one look at you. And you'll be chosen. Gift, isn't that so? When we are going for interview, we put out our best clothes. Amen. Amen. And if you don't have one, you go and spend money. Go and buy yourself some nice ladies' Calvin Klein suit. Isn't that so? 
And when you look in the mirror, what you yourself, you are, you can say that. <laughs> Amen. So Jesse brought out his best, the best of his sons, and he offered them in that sequence. David's father didn't think too much of him. He didn't think much of him. He didn't even offer him when the, the men were called to the army, he didn't offer David. When there was a war in Israel and they needed men in the army, he didn't even offer David. First Samuel 17, verse 17, it says, And Jesse said unto David his son, Take now for thy brethren an ephah of this parched corn. Look at that. It says, One day Jesse said to David, Take this basket. This was when all the men have gone to war. And David was still in the field watching the flock. And his father called him. And he says, take this basket. You know, when you are not, when you are not important, they give you basket to carry to <laughs> take food. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> How many of you have been sent like that? You know, your father lives somewhere. You know, some of you, you have something arrangement. <laughs> your father doesn't even live because of some things that he has to do. <laughs> your father lives somewhere else. And so when they cook the food, they put it in the basket. And then they call you, hey, come. <laughs> you see, all your siblings are there. And then, ah, but where is he? When they say, where is he? Everyone knows who they're looking for. As the basket is ready, they know who they're looking for. <laughs> and then you come and take it. So they call David. Take this basket of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers. Wow. Carry them quickly to your brothers. And give these ten cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along. And bring back a report on how they are doing. That is the best. That is the best I can get of you. He was the least. His father did not consider him at all. Amen. The next one, his brothers, his own brothers. His own brothers. First Samuel chapter 17 and verse 28. These are people in David's life who could have helped him in his calling. His, his, his father did not invite him to even be considered. And when they had run out even of all the brothers, he was still not called. When Samuel had gone through the seven brothers, he still didn't call. He said, wait, wait, wait. He didn't say that. Samuel had to ask him, are all these thy sons? Oh, there's David. It's like he has even forgotten about David. Do you understand? Call David, call David. We have to fulfill all righteousness. Let us complete the series. His own brothers, 1 Samuel 17 verse 28. When they were in the army and David brought the food to them, they were in the field, battlefield. But when David's older brother, Eliab, heard David talking to the man, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway? This is his brother asking him. What are you doing around here anyway? He demanded. 
What about those few sheep you are supposed to be taking care of? Wow. You see, nothing important can be associated with you. Even your presence here, just coming around here and talking to the men, is annoying. He said, what are you doing here anyway? And what, has, what, what, he said, and what are you doing around here? He demanded. What about those few sheep you are supposed to be taking care of? Then he said, I know your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. I know your pride. Amen. You see, when men look at you, who, you, who is considered the least amongst men? When they look at you and they see what God is working in you and the things that you are saying and the things that are coming out of you and what God is making of you, they cannot explain it. And sometimes they say, it is pride. You are proud. They say, you are disrespectful. You are naughty. You are rude. They cannot, they cannot comprehend they, because they, you will not be associated with anything great. And so, when you are supposed to be this low and they see something high, to them it is pride. To them it is pride. Beloved, God does not see things the way you see them. God does not see things the way you see them. They say you are proud, you are disrespectful, you are naughty. Amen. Amen. The next one, Saul, the king, who was to train him in the palace. King Saul was supposed to train him in the palace, welcome him and train him in the palace to take the responsibility that God has called him to. 1 Samuel 17 and verse 31. 1 Samuel 17 and verse 31. You have to follow with me, please. It says, then David questioned. So now David was in the battlefield and he was asking the people, asking the soldiers, what is going on? Who is this giant that is insulting the army of God like that? Who is this? And so he was asking this and then David's questions was reported to King Saul and the king sent for him. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I will go fight him. This is what David said. He said, don't worry about this Philistine. I will go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul said. You know, when men look at you, based on men's assessment, what men consider a soldier what men consider as mighty, you are not mighty. You don't have the look. It says, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Young man, don't be ridiculous. We are not joking here. Let's be serious. There is no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. First of all, you can't even fight him. And second, you can't win. He said, there is no way you, you, looking at you, by my assessment of you, by looking at you, there is no way you can fight this Philistine. You are only a boy. You are only a boy. 
you are only a boy. Wow. Nancy. <laughs> you are only a girl. <laughs> wow. He says you are only a boy. And he's been a man of war since his youth. This guy you are looking at, he's been a man of war. He's not just a man. You are a boy. But he is a man and a man of war since his youth. He wasn't a boy of war even in his youth. He's been a man of war since his youth. Verse 34. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. He said, when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a clap and rescue the lamb from the, its mouth. Wow. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I clap it to death. I may look like a boy, but there is something in me. You cannot see what is in me. You are looking at a boy. You say your assessment is a boy. What you are looking at is a boy, a youth, who has nothing. But there is something in me. King Saul, you cannot see. But there is a greater one that is in me than he that you can see on the outside. Hallelujah. Verse 36. He says, I have done this to both lions and bears. Not one lion, not one bear. I have done this to both lions and bears. And I will do it to this pagan Philistine too. For he had defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. The Lord that is in me who rescued me I was still a boy. Men were looking at a boy. But there was a Lord in me who rescued me. That same Lord. He will rescue me from the Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right. Go ahead. He said. And may the Lord be with you. (laughs) You know, let me tell you. Once people say may the Lord be with you, they don't have any faith in that. And you see. People will say, may the Lord be with you, but they have no faith in what they are saying. They're just saying it. That is why you have to know what is in you. And the Bible is saying, what is in you is greater than what is in the world. Say, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet, and a coal of mail. You see, you have to look a certain way by men's assessment. The guy that you are going to fight, he should see you in a certain way. You have to conform to the world. You have to conform to the world's assessment of a great soldier. You have to conform to the world's assessment as a good wife, a potential wife. You have to conform to men's assessment of a good husband, potential husband, someone who can take care of me. You have to conform to that assessment. Amen. You have to drive a nice car. And you have to dress a certain way. 
You have to speak a certain way. So you see, King Saul had no faith in him. So he's now dressing him up to conform to the world. To make him look like what the world will assess. And the Bible says, for ye see your calling. So David understood that. And he says, I know the call of God. He has not called many mighty men. He has not called many noble men. He has not called many that look so mighty in the eyes of men. So Saul gave him these uniforms, armors to wear. Verse 39. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it, it was like. For he had never worn such a thing before. I can't go in this. He protested to Saul. I am not used to them. I am not of the world. I cannot conform to the world. I am not used to them. I am not used to wearing what the world wears. I am not used to putting on makeup like that. I am not used to them. I have always gone by my natural face. I am not used to wearing these short skirts. These short skirts you are telling me to wear, I am not used to them. Wearing clothes that are so tight to show my behind, I am not used to them. So how am I going to go? I will go in the form that I am. Says I'm not used to them. Now you are saying I have to go to the gym and do 50, 60 push-ups to get muscles before the woman will choose me. I am not used to them. I have always carried this pot belly. <laughs> I can't carry the six pack suddenly. I'm not used to them. I'm not used to them. Say this makeup. Say this makeup. I'm not used to it. This lipstick, the red one, the purple one, I'm not used to it. Mine has been gray, 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 gray. Crack lips, crack lips. <laughs> Amen. He says, I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. Tell your, tell your next sister, take them off. I'm not used. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in his shepherd's bag. Then, armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Wow. He picked up just some few stones. Pick up just some few stones. Amen. Amen. Pick up just some few stones. If you be just what you are, just as you are attractive to God, just as he has called you, if you go, that is why the Lord told Gideon, he said, go in this thy might. Go in this thy might. Don't take anything else. It is not that now that I have called you, it is not now that I have brought this young man in the church that you are going to now change the way you dress. It is not now that you are going to expose yourself. Go in this thy might. Go in this thy might. So just as David has been used to, he took his staff, he took his stones, and he took his bag 
then he began to walk across to fight the Philistine. Goliath walked out towards David with his shield bearer ahead of him. The man is not coming just like that. There's a shield bearer. Someone who holds his shield is in front of him first. He's been a man of war since his youth. Sneering in contempt at this rudy-faced boy. Am I a dog? He roared at David. That you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I will give your flesh to the birds and wild animals. Goliath yelled. David replied to the Philistine. You come to me with the sword spear and javelin but I come to you in the name of the Lord of the heavens armies the God of the armies of Israel whom you defiled wow 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 he said you come to me with sword spear and javelin this is how you are coming to me but I come in the name of the Lord. You come to me with man's tools. You come to me with this outward show. You come to me with this outward appearance. But I come to you with something great that is in me. Hallelujah. There's something great that is in me. Yes, you are looking at a rudy boy's face. But what is in me is what you cannot see. And what is in me is what is going to fight you. You cannot see, and it's not my fault. It is your own limitation. You are seized by the world, so you are coming to me with a sword. You are coming to me with a javelin. You are coming to me with a spear. But there is something in me that you cannot see. Hallelujah. The next verse. Today, the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you, and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world, the whole world will know, not me, not that I am a great David, not that I am a great soldier. The whole world will know, not that I am some powerful, mighty man. For ye see your calling, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many noble, not many mighty are called. But God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. The base things of the world, the base things, the weak things of the world had God chosen. Not that to show that this person is great, that person is great, but that the world will know that there is a God in Israel. <laughs> Hallelujah. That the world will know. That is why God has chosen me to fight you. That is why God has chosen me that the world will know that there's a God in Israel. So the next verse, and everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with the sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. Put your hands together for the Lord. Wow. He says, this is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. This is the Lord's battle. Go in this dynamite. Go in this dynamite. Go in this form that you are. It is the Lord's battle. It is not yours. 
There are people that rise up against you. Yes, you are the least, but it is the Lord's battle. Hallelujah. And the last one, the last person, the prophet Samuel. The prophet Samuel. The prophet Samuel. The anointed prophet Samuel. You know, Samuel would not have chosen David if it was left to him alone. How many of you agree with me? That if it was left to Samuel to choose, he would not have chosen David. Amen. Amen. You know, even the way he anointed David, you know, I'm going to show you something in the Bible. The way Saul, uh, Samuel anointed King Saul and the way he anointed David, you will see that Samuel had no hope. Samuel wouldn't have chosen David. Even when the Lord had chosen him, Samuel would not have chosen David because he did not conform to the world stature. He didn't have that look. Saul was a tall king. Saul had that demeanor. Saul had that elegance about him. David did not have it. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 10. 1 Samuel chapter 10. I'm going to show you how Samuel anointed Saul when God chose Saul. 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 1. Then Samuel took a flask of... Are you listening? Are you watching? I want you to pay attention. See how Samuel anointed Saul. Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it over Saul's head. And then what? And then what? He poured oil over Saul's head. And then said, mm, you are the one. Mm. It's like you fit to be the king. Mm, ah, mm, ah. <laughs> he didn't know what to do. He said, this is the king of Israel. You. So he poured the oil, and after the oil, mm, <laughs> he said he kissed Saul, and look, and said, "I am doing this because the Lord has appointed you to be the ruler over Israel, His special possession. When you leave me today, look, after he anointed Saul, prophetic words, prophecies." Prophetic. I'm showing you something. How that when you are least, understand that God has chosen you. He is giving confirmations. Look, he said, when you leave me today, you will see two men beside Rachel's tomb at Zelzah on the border of Benjamin. They will tell you that the donkeys have been found and that your father has stopped worrying about them and is now worried about you. He is asking, have you seen my son? When you get to the oak of Tabor, you will see three men coming towards you who are on their way to worship God at Bethel. One will be bringing three young goats. Another will have three loaves of bread. And the third will be carrying a wine skin full of wine. They will greet you and offer you two of the loaves which you are to accept. Look at the, prof- and the prophetic word that is coming. Eh? When you arrive at Gibeah, every step of the way, you see, 
as you are leaving me, you are the lost anointed. You are going. He says, when you arrive at Gibeah of God, where the garrison of the Philistine is located, you will meet a band of prophets coming down from the place of worship. They will be playing a harp, a tambourine, a flute, and a lyre, and they will be prophesying. At that time, the spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you. Prophecies. He says, at that time, the spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you. And you will prophesy with them. You will be changed into a different person. Wow. Wow. Do you want to know how he anointed David? Do you want to see? First Samuel chapter 16. Verse 12. So Jesse sent for him. You remember this part? He was in a field. Jesse sent for him. The people came with a sacrifice. They were all elegantly dressed like kings to be selected. He came from the field. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome. With beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one. Anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to the Ramah. No case. No prophetic word. No prophecies. No confirmations. No kissing. Nothing. As a prophet, you must kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Look, when they anoint you, let them kiss you. Otherwise, nothing. Then he left. Say, someone, he just like that. Then he had left. Then he left. Look, Jesus says something in Luke chapter 9, I believe, and verse 48. Luke chapter 9 and verse 48. He said, He says, Then he said to them, Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me also welcomes my Father who sent me. Whoever, whoever is least among you is the greatest. Whoever is least among you is the greatest. Whenever you feel least amongst men, understand that God's call is upon you. God sees you as a great person. Whenever you feel least amongst people, God sees you as a great person. As you are feeling least at the job, God sees you a great person. As you are feeling least among your siblings, God sees you as a great person. You are the least to be chosen by any of the men here. God sees you as a great woman. Amen. You are the least for any of the women to accept. You are proposed to many of them. This one said no. This one, it has become, look, I'm teaching you something very spiritual. It has become something among the women. And then they have a conversation about you. They say, oh, 
He asked me and I said no. He asked me and I said no. Oh, me too. He asked me and I said no. You are the greatest. But you see, they are not choosing you. They are not selecting you. It's not your fault. It is due to their own limitations that there is no God in them. And so they cannot see the greater one that is in you. That is why they are not choosing you. Put your hands together for the Lord. Our time is up. Put your hands together for the Lord. That is why they are not choosing you. It is their limitation. It is their own limitation. Not yours. They are not accepting you. It's their own limitation. It is not yours. For the Bible says, greater one is in you. The greater one is in you. But men cannot see what is in you. Men cannot see what is in you. Men cannot see the greatness that is in you. Oh, you are great. I say you are great. You are great. You are great. You are great. But men cannot see because they have no God in them. They have no God in them. They look on the outward. They are looking on the outward. They are looking at the fairer one. They are looking at the heavy one. They are looking at the skinny one. They are looking at the one who speaks in a certain way. But the greater one is in you. The greater one is in you. Yes, the greater one is in you. Just go in the way you are. Go in this thy might. Take your sling and your few stones. The same way. The greater one is in you. Oh, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. We give you honor. We adore you, Jesus. The greater one is in you. We believe. Yes. The greater one is in you. Oh, Jesus. He said, The greater one is in you. He said, The least amongst you. The least amongst you. The one who is considered to be the least. The one who is considered the last one to be chosen.
closed and every head bow you are here tonight you feel very far from God you feel that you don't even qualify to be called the child of God but tonight Jesus is here and he says if only you believe in me if only you believe in me and you accept me I will give you power to become a son or a daughter of God. You are here tonight. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I feel very far from God. I want to come to Jesus. I want to welcome Jesus into my life. If you are here tonight, and this is your prayer, if you were to die tonight, you don't even know where you are going. You are not sure if you go to heaven or you go to hell tonight you can make that certainty you are here tonight you want to give your life to Jesus wherever you are with all eyes closed and every head bowed wherever you are just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you anyone here like that you want to give your life to Jesus you want to give your life to Jesus I see your hand is there anyone here like that 
anyone here like you feel very far you are not considered amongst many you are not even considered amongst important people but in the eyes of god in the eyes of jesus you are very important with all eyes closed a very private moment with all eyes closed if you are here like that keep your hand up i see your hand anyone here like that and anyone here if you have lifted up your hand i want you to take one bold step and come here come to meet me right here take that bold step yes you are great in the eyes of god if you have lifted up your hands come forward come forward it's a bold step it's a bold step come forward come forward yes come forward come forward take that bold step and come forward yes yes jesus loves you so much you have no idea yes it is a bold step my sister lift up your right hand and say this with me say lord jesus thank you for dying for me lord jesus i believe you are the son of god i believe you died for my sins tonight i come to you just as i am lord jesus please forgive me of all my sins cleanse me from all of my unrighteousness lord jesus please wash me with your blood tonight i welcome you into my life lord jesus be my lord be my master be my savior please write my name in the book of life thank you jesus for saving me in jesus name amen father i thank you for your precious daughter i thank you lord for welcoming her back to your flock lord your eyes are always over us and you order our steps lord we know she's not here by accident but you ordained that tonight she will be in your presence and tonight you will welcome her into your flock i pray lord that you build a hedge around her i pray for your divine covering your divine protection i pray lord that you visit her even in her dreams and in visions speak to her father i ask let a hedge be around her let a hedge be visible to the eyes of the enemy let her never go back to where she's coming from but i pray lord that you cause her to always walk with you to love you to serve you with all her strength all her might all her mind and all her heart i thank you lord in jesus name amen We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.